Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into the Moment of Cluth podcast, episode number 26. I hope you're staying safe out there, and if you're in Los Angeles like I am, I pray you have air conditioning. I am not one of those fortunate souls. This week's guest is Jacob Ullman. He's the Senior Vice President of Production and Talent Development at Fox Sports. Jacob is a veteran in the sports broadcast industry, and with so much uncertainty right now, the goal of this episode is to give aspiring sports journalists or people in between gigs a glimpse into breaking into the business. Jacob has been at Fox Sports for 26 years, and he's seen it all from Super Bowls, World Series, and Daytona 500s. On this episode, we talk about how he got his start, what you can do now to make a name for yourself and the future of the broadcast media industry post-pandemic. Jacob, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast this week. How are you? Good. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Anytime. So I wanted to have you on because it's such a bizarre time in the world of sports broadcast, in the world of sports in general. So I wanted to give young people a glimpse into what this business is like and how to break in now. But first, let's talk about how you got your start. What piqued your interest in the sports broadcast world? So honestly, I couldn't even tell you when it happened or I always wanted to be a sportscaster. Like baseball was my thing. So, you know, when kids say, oh, I want to be a fireman, I want to be an astronaut. No, I wanted to be a sportscaster. And um, I think, you know, when I was a kid, it was kind of pre uh Sports Center and pre-ESPN being a part of people's lives. So I think what I said was a little bit more out of the ordinary than it probably is today. And that's just always what I wanted to do. And uh, I told everybody that kind of my whole life. And I went to USC and studied broadcast journalism with a sports studies minor, worked at the student radio station broadcasting uh, our football games, our basketball games, and had three weekly radio shows. And eventually I had an opportunity where I could intern at uh, our local RSN uh, prime ticket, which at the time Fox didn't own, but now we do, uh, or, or we did actually, we, we sold it uh, a little over a year and a half ago. But um, that was kind of where I learned that production was an opportunity as well. And that hadn't necessarily been something that appealed to me. And I got more and more production opportunities. It was like, wow, okay, this is a pretty cool way also to have your foot in the door. Um, and I kind of kept saying, I, I, I started at Fox Sports in June of 1994, which is when we, when we started as a company. We started broadcasting the NFL that September. So I was very lucky I got there kind of on the ground floor. And I said, well, let me give this a year and we'll see how it goes. And then after our... Uh, I guess third year we had our first Super Bowl and I was on the field at the Super Bowl and like I still have a picture of this to, to this day where I'm working with our announcers at the time James Brown, uh, Howie Long and Terry Bradshaw which are still uh, still with us of course and Ronnie Lott who was with us for uh, for a time and I was like oh 
you know what? This is pretty good. I, I, I might never get to a, uh, be at a Super Bowl, work a Super Bowl, no matter how good I get as a broadcaster. So why don't I stop saying I'll give this one more year and just stick with it. So now you've been at Fox Sports for 26 years. It's a huge accomplishment. Walk me through the various roles you had and how you got to be SVP of production and talent development. Yeah, honestly, I just, uh, it's been um, a gradual process. I started in our research department, then as a production assistant, then a broadcast associate, which is uh, kind of produces all the graphics during a game associate producer, associate director, did some producing. And then, you know, at a certain point I decided that uh, I wanted to be more on the management side and, you know, use my background in production, but be more on, uh, you know, overseeing things. Um, and I, I was fortunate that uh, we had a partnership with the NFL on a league called NFL Europe, which was almost like a precursor to the XFL and some of these spring leagues, except it was owned by the NFL and by Fox. And uh, the, it, they would send players over there that wanted to get more experience. Uh, an example of that would be Kurt Warner, who ended up uh, winning an MVP and a Super Bowl MVP and a Super Bowl win, and now is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So he's kind of our poster child for success. But it also worked for they'd send the referees over, they'd send our producers and directors over, they'd send announcers over. So as an example, Troy Aikman, when he was still playing for the Cowboys, came over there to just I think he thought he was getting a European vacation, not really <laughs> invested in broadcasting, but then actually tried it and goes, wow, I, I like this and I think I could get good at it. And that's honestly how we started broadcasting and how we started our relationship with him. So um, it was fortunate for a lot of people involved, including myself, where I did production over there. But at a certain point, I said, I, I really like to do management. And I was blessed with the opportunity to oversee all of our operations over there, which consisted of uh, how uh, we get the signal back from Europe to America, um, who the announcers are, where people live, what airlines, hotels, you name it. It kind of touched everything and, and honestly uh, really trained me for a lot of what I do now. And also I think showed my bosses that I could handle a lot of responsibility and also do it a little bit side out of mind you know i was in europe with an eight, sometimes an eight hour time difference sometimes a nine hour time difference and i just kind of had to figure it out on my own and, and problem solve on my own which was a great experience and, and prepared me for quote unquote the real world over in america that much better i think a lot of young people come into this industry and they want to jump straight to the top they want to know what it takes to just get straight to the top so i like that i think the lesson there is that you you like troy aikman had to go test it out somewhere else. Yeah, and, and weirdly, um, it makes, uh, and it's, I don't think it's any, uh, it's not dissimilar to a broadcaster and probably situations you've been in where um, when you're starting, you know, you're carrying your own camera, you're shooting your own thing, you don't have anyone to help you out. And that's kind of what NFL Europe was for us. You might have a stat guy that uh, doesn't speak English, a camera person that's never watched an American football game, and, and just you know, obstacle after obstacle, but you got to make it work. And I think bizarrely, like when you do job, this, a similar job in the NFL, which is the pinnacle, right? But it, it actually was like almost easier because you didn't have as much obstacles and you had more support. And I don't think it's so dissimilar as you're coming up in the business where 
you know, you might be a college broadcaster doing everything you can. And then a couple jobs down the line, you might be like yourself, you work in a big market like Chicago, and all of a sudden you got a support system around you. And it's like, oh, this in some ways is a lot easier. Yeah, to your point, when I got to Chicago, somebody assigned me a writer for my first story. And I was like, what do you mean? I have a writer. They're like, yeah, they're going to put your lower thirds in for you. They're going to go over your scripts with you. I was like, wait, I have people who do that. So it does get easier. That's the wild part. Yeah, Um, it's crazy, right? Yes. What does the average day in the life look like for you? Because obviously not every day is a Super Bowl or a World Series. What do you do day to day? Honestly, uh, I, I would say that every day is probably a little different. Um, you know, I, I have three sports that I oversee for us, uh, NFL, NASCAR, and then last October we added the WWE. And there's some element of me doing something related to each of them every day, uh, even when it's not in season. You know, the WWE is year round, so that's unique. Right now, they're uh, changing their whole set and uh, Orlando, where they've taken over the arena where the Magic play, and they're, they're coming up with a concept called Thunderdome as they adapt to not being able to have fans in attendance. So we've been dealing with them related to that. Um, the NFL, you know, we're uh, less than a, a month away till the start of the season. So there's all kinds of uh, questions, uh, concerns, you know, you name it. Uh, juggling different things related to the NFL and then and NASCAR I had a big uh, call today our zoom where we were discussing next year's schedule so um, the great thing is um, it, it all kind of intertwines and um, it, there's really not a lot of downtime uh, as much as you people say you know hey when's when's uh, when's your time off I would say the summer is lighter um, in general, uh, you know, our NASCAR season ends usually the end of June. However, that wasn't the case this year as things got delayed because of, of COVID. And um, now we have WWE, which goes year round. So honestly, there isn't really time off, but uh, I would say summer is closest to downtime, but it, 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 it kind of keeps moving. And um, I think I like that. I don't get bored. And, and in this, you know, weird time where a lot of people aren't busy, I've been fortunate to be very busy, which is good. You are the man behind bringing the WWE into the Fox Sports 1 family. Um, talk about that process and how you brought them on board and into the fold. Honestly, it was, uh, I grew up as a fan and had probably about a 11 year stretch where I wasn't as interested, uh, you know, high school, college, uh, girls and bars and you know life happened right being a teenager I mean, it's not cool to be into wrestlers at that point oh, i don't know that it wasn't there was just lots of distractions how's that yeah. so um i kind of uh just wasn't really on my radar and then uh one of my first years doing nfl europe in london uh sky sports had a channel sky sports three which showed an amazing amount of wwe content and you know there wasn't a ton of american programming and it just got me back into it and i've been into it ever since and about seven years ago um i was at uh SummerSlam, which is the wwe's second biggest show of the year at staples center with one of uh, our announcers rob stone and we just talked about how it was such a perfect fit for fox right it's it's you know, it's, it's over the top. It's exciting. Uh, it's kind of what we pride ourselves on. We're, we're a little more, you know, our graphics are a little bit more in your face and uh, we have robots and it, it just kind of felt like it made sense. 
And so at that point, I started kind of bothering Eric Shanks, who's the head of our company, and and kind of kept it going. Not I wouldn't say relentlessly, but and then at a certain point, a few years back, he just said, "Cool, let's do it." And that was kind of how it all came about. And and we uh, it it kind of coincided with their rights coming available, and and we started uh, having some meetings. And uh, next thing you know, we had a, a started a five-year deal, which started last October. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing I'm most jealous about about your career is you've been at every single premier sporting event you could think of. Was there one that was the most memorable to you that stands out as your favorite? Yeah, so I would say um, uh, a, a couple. Like, uh, to me, the Super Bowl is such on a different level in terms of just, you know, what it's be. You know, it's the biggest thing on our in our country. It's it, despite American football not being so big in other parts of the world, it's still this marquee event. And you feel like uh, if you're at a Super Bowl as a fan, which I've been fortunate enough to be, or working, which I've been even more fortunate to do, you feel like you're at the center of the universe. It's 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 a pretty crazy feeling and an amazing, exciting feeling. So I would say the two that stick out in my mind. Um, uh, in uh after 9 11 the super bowl got delayed a week uh and it was in new orleans um and it, it was the uh the rams upsetting uh the patriots and you know the, the rams kind of or excuse me it's the other way around it was the patriots upsetting the rams you know the rams were the greatest show on turf and that was kind of the birth of tom brady and bill belichick and their whole dynasty and it, it just was you know it came down to a, a field goal by adam Vinatieri, who ironically was an NFL Europe alumni. So there was, a, it was a good like synergy with my whole career. And, it, you know, halftime was with U2 and it was a tribute to the, everyone that passed away in 9-11 and all, uh, you know, on that horrible day. And it was so powerful. And, and there's a, a famous quote from David Hill, our original president. It said, it took everybody at Fox Sports to prove that America was still was still good, and it was kind of like it was like uh, it was like that turned the page, I think, a little bit from 9/11. Um, so that yeah, that's one of those things you'll never forget. It was it was really surreal just around the Superdome in New Orleans. There were tanks, and it was a, a scene unlike any Super Bowl. And to be honest with you, because you know there was still fear of uh, you know something uh, unfortunately like another terrorist type attack there were tickets you know there were scalpers outside the stadium you could get a ticket for less than face value just because it was you know there were people that were afraid to be there or afraid to travel so that was that was pretty amazing and then I would say the um the other one it kind of involved the next side of the Patriots it was the uh when when the Giants upset the Patriots in Arizona uh you know David Tyree had the helmet catch and um, the Patriots were trying to go undefeated and, you know, and, and that didn't happen. And that was another one. And they both kind of were football wise. The game outcome was so unpredictable, un unexpected, such huge upsets with both the Giants winning and, and the Rams winning. So, um, or, or the Rams losing. So pretty uh, just memorable games. And also, you know, the one in New Orleans in particular after 9-11 being just some, such a memorable situation. It's amazing the power that sports carry during 
times of hardship in our country. And I'm curious to see um, how the NFL will help lift people's spirits after this pandemic. You just gave me chills talking about that. How, what's the atmosphere right now at Fox Sports with, um, you know, the football season coming up and there being so much uncertainty with the pandemic? Yeah, I think I think it's uh, you know I, I think we've been fortunate. We, we were kind of the first major sport came back with NASCAR, which was great, uh, and it was uh, this you know amazing. It was it was to have the season come back, but then it kind of coincided with everything that was going in on it at the same time in our country with Bubba Wallace and that that whole situation, which um, you know our production crew I thought did a, some masterful job of covering and. Um, it was it was cool that NASCAR came back when they did because I think we got some extra eyeballs than we normally would just because people were dying for sports as as we saw you know that people were watching uh, documentaries on what what uh, people that own weird animals on Netflix and <laughs> and 1990s basketball teams right people were just dying for any sort of new content so I think that that was uh, such a big deal when NASCAR came back. And, you know, the same thing with baseball. We've been fortunate that that's come back for us. And, um, you know, we're, we're deep in preparation to get the NFL going, which I think will be, uh, to your point, uh, a great thing for this country. I think people, people, you know, the NFL is, is on such a different plane from all other sports and, frankly, all other entertainment in this country. I think it will be really good for that to come back uh, for everybody involved. You see these headlines of networks laying off people and, I mean, it's happening across the country right now with unemployment. What advice do you have for any young broadcasters who are maybe just out of college or they're hoping to get their start and want to break into the sports broadcast world when everything's kind of on pause? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's I, I I've I've said all along that the people I feel the worst for in this pandemic, minus the people obviously that sadly have lost their lives or got very sick because of. COVID is, I really, I feel horrible for the uh, the kids that are seniors in high school and seniors in college that mm -hmm. they, like a, a right of your uh, passage is just taken away from them for something they didn't do. They don't get to, you know, they didn't get to graduate in person. They didn't finish school in person. It just, I, I, and they'll never get that time back. And I, I think that's really unfortunate. And then to your point, you know, if you graduate from college, it's, it's obviously a weird job market to be entering. Um, the one thing, a couple things I would say is that, um, it, it, you know, it's, it, it's a unique time in, in that if you want to be a broadcaster, you can create your own content. You can do your own podcast, right? You can do your own YouTube channel. You can do your own Instagram videos. There's so many ways to get yourself out there and create content that didn't used to exist. So do those things. If you're serious about wanting to be on air, you can, you can do that. And, and you can also show um, prospective employers that you are actually doing it, that you're not talking about it, that, oh, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. No, you send your links. Here's my podcast I'm doing. So I, I think there is an advantage in that respect. The other thing that's going to happen at some point is, you know, as, as you mentioned, you know, people across all walks have lost their jobs. Um, there are going to be opportunities and there might be opportunities that might not exist as companies look to rebuild and also look to potentially bring in younger employees. You might get an opportunity at a station uh, in front of the camera or behind the camera that you might not have gotten as quickly because of the opportunities that are going to happen. I, I really think that, you know, to your point about sport people, the country needing sports, I think that 
once we kind of get to on the other side of this, I think, you know, sports and sports television and sports media is going to come back in a, in a huge way. We'll have to see what happens in terms of how many people watch football, but I, I have a feeling, especially if people aren't able to be there in person, going to be a lot of people sitting on at home at Sundays and watching games. Yeah, I think the ratings are going to be absolutely. It's going to be so interesting to see how that plays out this fall. Um, you've had a long, successful career. Was there ever a moment in your career or your personal life that you felt like you weren't authentic to who you are and you really stuck to your guns? Yeah, you know, I, what I would say, I don't know that I can answer that question exactly, but as you said, I, I've been fortunate. I've been at Fox Sports for, I started, you know, somewhere between my junior and senior year of college, and I've really been fortunate and haven't really had to look for work, and it feels like home, and I I love the people I work with. It feels like family. Um, you know, every, every so often, I've been fortunate enough that uh, some other job opportunities have people have you know talked to me about would I be interested in in coming to another place and um for, for you know sometimes it's it's interesting and sometimes it, it, it's like I mean, that could be you know different but for whatever reason everything always in my heart and my mind and it always ends that I don't I stay at Fox because that feels right and that feels like home and, and where I belong and um, the, the advice that multiple people have given me in, in those kind of circumstances, and I think is a great one for people to take away, sometimes the best moves making your career are not making a move, are staying put. And, um, you know, at the time, you're not sure what to do. And then you look back a couple of years, you're like, oh, that was, that was the right thing to do. I'm glad I didn't leave that. The, the, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Sometimes staying put is, is as good a thing as you can do and, and, and honestly the best move for you. So I, I would always caution people to, to think through those things and, and, and making, not making a move sometimes is the best move. That's great. Yeah. No one has given me that advice before, but I'm going to take that to heart. Um, yeah, it's a good one, right? Yeah, I'm going to write that down, writing it down. Um, at the end of this podcast, I like to ask, I like to play a game called Two Truths and a Lie so that the listeners can get to know you a little bit better, where you tell me two truths and one lie, and I have to guess which the lie is. Okay. So um, I lived on a houseboat in Amsterdam. Okay. I saw The Grateful Dead, which is like my favorite band, 115 times. Okay. Uh, I went to college in and graduated in two and a half years. I'm going to go with the lie is that you graduated in two and a half years because you said that you started working between your junior and senior year. So I, 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 I made my own lie not work. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't. I'm not a good liar anyway, so. Yes. It's okay. Yay, I, I got it. I went to I went to four years, uh, just like most normal people. So I guess at, five years is pretty pretty normal too these days. But four four years was fine. At USC, right? Four years at USC. Well, that's awesome. You're able to stay in Los Angeles for your entire career because a lot of people bounce around. So, really cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And also, 115 times seeing Grateful Dead is impressive. <laughs> Impressive or silly or something. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm uh, passionate and have a, a, a bit of a, um, a compulsive personality, so that would, uh, <laughs> that would fit into that category. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I promise you, this would only take about 25 minutes, and I know you're super busy, so I'll let you go. But I appreciate it, and I hope that our listeners, my listeners, take something away from this conversation because I know that I did. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jacob. 
thank you for listening to the Moment of Cluth podcast, now available anywhere you listen to your podcasts. I'm your host, Megan Cluth. If you enjoyed this episode, please download it and share with others. Subscribe to be notified when new episodes air, visit MeganCluth.com to get in touch, head over to my YouTube page to watch my latest interviews, and stay tuned for more great conversations. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.